you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. You had a guy from church take you out, right? Is that yeah. how you started? Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, coming back was, now. I grew up, I mean, I grew up in a, hunt, in a family that hunted. I yeah. didn't grow up in a family of hunters. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I mean, absolutely. like they, they were, they like my dad, my dad was I, honestly the name Lake. My dad was a fisherman. That's kind of where I got my name. Uh, fishing was his thing. And okay. when it came to hunting, he didn't start hunting until, um, he didn't start hunting until he married uh, my mom or started dating my mom because okay. my mom's dad and his side of the family, I hunted and stuff. Uh, but he was, you know, just kind of a, you know, pop would, you know, deer hunt a couple times a year, and he was he was good with it. And I think he duck hunted a lot, or duck hunted deer hunt a lot more before he had us. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of took the whole hunting thing farther than anyone in my family ever did. I just got into it a lot more, and that's because he had that guy that took me when I was at church. Um, I tell you what I am gonna do because I do this all the time when I have guests on here, and I start talking, and I don't introduce who's with me. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say so we I'm talking to Mark Norquist. And with modern carnivore, and I'm not even going to try to explain what that is. I know uh, I'm going to let you do it because sure. I'm sure you can do a good job at that. Uh, I will say, so we are at we're in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, at the R3 National Symposium. Um, been exciting a few days. Learned like a lot of good stuff. Got to meet a lot of cool people like Mark, uh, doing some cool stuff for hunting and for the future of it. So yeah, if you just kind of briefly just explain what modern carnivore is. Um, yeah sure um so i'm i'm one of those people who's hunted and fished his entire life i grew up with with my dad taking my brothers and i out and it's part of my identity part of my lifestyle yeah and um about eight eight years ago i was working I've, i've always worked in marketing and media i was out at a conference that uh that um is all about natural and organic foods. Yeah. And all these companies there talking about their 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 really sustainable local foods and and organic foods, etc. And I looked around and I said there's no meat here. Yeah. Um and started thinking about it and realized there's actually a little bit of maybe a subtext along the lines of of well, if you really want to be sustainable and healthy the way you eat, you should become a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I completely disagree with. And um, so as a marketer, I started thinking about, hey, you know what? I was looking at the numbers, hunters in decline. And I thought, this is a, this is a whole marketplace that's never been tapped into to bring yeah. people in to hunting and fishing from the food standpoint. Having that as the starting part of the conversation. So I created Modern Carnivore as a way to reach out to people who didn't grow up with it like I did. Yeah. Um, and... And needed to a be told that yeah you can do this yeah. and b try to create a pathway for them that um, that's not full of barriers and that's one of the things we've been talking about the last couple of days here is yeah. is we got to knock those barriers down because there's there's not not too many things more complicated than the hunting fishing world of of trying to get into it right you've got regulation you've got cost you've got culture mm. with hunting you've got Big cultural issues like yeah, guns, etc. And so, 
it's it's challenging and and um and so what's what's cool is to see other people here doing um things that that i just have a lot of passion about and that's that's how do we figure out how do we knock down those barriers and bring more people in yeah so i've got a thousand different questions i could ask you um the first one that 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 comes to my mind so and i and i recognize this firsthand you know just from i think it's easy for guys like you and me that grew up around it uh if you just tell you know somebody because i was in the same mindset i was like those people that or that you're talking about that are interested in it that just don't know you know i think a lot of things a lot of times people think that those people aren't really out there or there's not that many of them right. you know they're like you know if, if someone wants to be in the hunt they'll just get in the hunt you know especially <laughs> you know if you're from you know from mississippi it's a very big part of the culture down there or, or sometimes they even think bigger than people think people just assume everyone knows right. how to hunt down there right. and so how how often doing this do you run into that type of person that has a genuine interest in it but just doesn't doesn't even know where to start mm. doesn't even know how to how to get their feet in the water you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely quite a bit i mean from the standpoint of people are at different places um, some people are are interested but just are either nervous or don't know how to, to right. take that first step. Yeah. And that's, that is, that is out there. But then there's other people that have never considered themselves yeah. potentially becoming a hunter or an angler. They maybe tried fishing once at a, you know, summer camp or with yeah. a grandparent up at, up at the lake. Um, but they, they've never been told, Hey, you know what? Come on in. Yeah. Come on into the community. And that's one of the things that, that, that hasn't happened nearly enough in the past. No. I'll give you a great example. Um, I myself am guilty of this and have had to, had to consciously um, get myself out of this mindset, which is um, hunting, generally speaking, all aspects of it, both from a, from a family culture in, in Minnesota where I live, you know, deer hunting is is a very important season in yeah. in, in in Minnesota. Um, schools used to close down during during yeah. hunting season, yeah. during opening, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you hunt with your family, okay, yeah. and and your close knit group, your your small tribe, and we don't let people into that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember years ago, my cousin brought a friend into our hunting camp, and it was sort of like, what are you doing? Yeah, this is our place. This is our <laughs> exactly. And I still remember he, he wore, uh, you know, it's cold. It's cold up where we hunt during deer season, right. and he was wearing moon boots, which if you know what those <laughs> yeah. are, from yeah, like yeah, seventies, yeah. eighties, and um, and so that's an example of where we need to get over that, and we need to get past yeah. it, and we just need to say, hey, awesome, come on in, and, yeah. and welcome people in, and that hasn't been there before. So no. that's that's yeah. the thing that we need to do, is we need to tell people, hey, you're welcome to to, to come on into the, to the community and start doing this, and we haven't done a very no, good yeah. job of that in the past. Yeah, because I think that's, that's one of the biggest problems I think we've identified, is that we've made, I, I don't think we've done it intentionally, uh, I, I know none of us would have done it intentionally. Someone that's a, as passionate about it as you are, I am, or, or all these people are, um, would never do anything, de- you know, trying to be detrimental to hunting or fishing. But we have almost made it to where it's it can be super intimidating to get into, to even, to even try to approach, you know. Absolutely. Um, I mean, think about, you know, Andrew was talking yesterday at the end of the, you know, he was talking about how, 
you know, the, the guy that approached him, he could just tell how nervous he was. Right. And you they know, both and, were. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it just, we've, we've made it into that. Thing. I mean, cause I mean, it's a, I don't, it can be intimidating whether we try to make it that way or not. But, um, and that's why programs like yours are so interesting because it's kind of yours is kind of getting past that barrier, you know, get it to more like what you're talking about, like, hey, you know, come try this, right. you know, trying to make it not appear like this daunting task, you know. Right. And that's the thing is like, it, it, you know, to your question, there are there's a segment of people out there who have identified, yeah, I want to do it and I just haven't been able to figure out how to do it. But just as importantly and probably a bigger group of people that I'm trying to reach out to are the ones who aren't aware of it and just need to be invited. And that's, and that's what it is. It's going out and like you say, shaking people's hands and saying, Hey, have you thought about hunting? Have you thought about fishing? I know you like, you like eating local food. You're buying grass fed beef or, or uh, you'd like to get out in, in, in the wild and uh, you canoe, you kayak, you hike. I often say, you know, why don't you go from, try going from being an observer in the outdoors to actually being a participant. Yeah. You know, it just it, the richness of the experience. And, it, and talk about the richness of that experience and how it really can be more immersive when you're out yeah. in those wild places. Yeah, so, okay, so how, how are you doing this? How are you, how are you contacting these people, connecting with these people? Sure. Um, so... All marketing-based, digital marketing, yeah. uh, and media. Um, so, like right now, we're in the middle of of, of post-production on, on a short film okay. called "Awake the uh, Awaken the Hunter Within," and um, that's a piece where that's an example of where we're creating creating digital media as and using it as a way to tell tell people's stories. And so, what we did was last year we took almost six months and we followed three adults who raised their hands and said, "Yeah, I'm sort of curious about hunting." So along those lines, those people we were just talking about, and uh, we went to them and said, "Hey, okay, uh, we'll help you. We'll help you try this out. Can we follow along with a camera and just document this?" And so, what we're doing with this short film is is um, letting them tell their story and talk about what's on their mind and these are all non-traditionals uh yeah. they're 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 just from very different backgrounds urban backgrounds different ethnicity uh one's a woman etc um and 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 they're talking about here are the here are the thoughts concerns and and reasons that i want to that i want to explore this yeah. and using that those stories by pushing them out to let other people say hey if they can do it I yeah. probably can too. Right. Um, and then we do events called the Modern Carnivore Experience, which are half-day introductions. Yeah. Again, not specific to, you know, hunting whitetail with tr- traditional bow. Or it's, you know, so many of the programs out there are specific yeah. to yeah. to uh, a species and a, and a type of hunting. This is just very broad-based. Introduction. Right. Hey, here's we're going to talk about hunting. We're going to talk about fishing. We're going to take you out, let you maybe try a bow. We're going to let you cast reel. And then we're going to have some wild game. Yeah. so you can taste it and that's the fun part because is we we complete those events with with a wild game and we have people go wow yeah i had no clue the only the only wild game i've ever had was uncle larry fried up some venison mm-hmm. steaks years ago and they were horrible yeah <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable how how often you hear stories like that right. you know right. or like and um one of the things that i found interesting because you, you know the the booth you have out there um you have that little video reel rolling and uh the pictures of the meat that you have on there, like it's very, you know, and it comes back to one of those things that, you know, 
people that hunted and fished their their whole life, you know, I think we get into a rhythm. You know, it's it's almost like you always see wild game presented a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to where it doesn't phase us because we grew up doing it. But you don't ever see it present. I mean, like it looks like, and it's not over the top. Yeah. But you're in that video. You have it's it's wild game presented like a beefsteak would be. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, and right. you just you don't ever see that happen. But I mean, you're like that's food yeah you know yeah. so and that's and i think that's you know i think that's what you have to do to reach those kind of people that you're trying to reach you know what i'm saying we did a we did a study last year and uh, and we found that nearly uh a hundred percent of people eat and so <laughs> and so riveting <laughs> we use we use food as a universal equalizer <laughs> From where to start, you know, exactly like you just said, you know, show, show the aspect of, again, with this whole local food movement, with people wanting to eat organic and natural, et cetera, that, that was the impetus for it. It's like, this is a universal thing that everybody can relate to. Some people embrace it more than others, but it's, but it's, uh, it's pretty compelling. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely compelling. And it's, it's just, Sometimes when you step back and you look at it, like you look at the state of this this R three symposium, right? Like we're here because people are saying, you know, because there's there's a problem, you yeah. know. That you know you you are um, you started your organization partly because there's a problem. People aren't hunting and fishing like they used to. You know, numbers are you know on the decline a little bit, and so it's it's like a you, you almost like wonder like how do we even get to this point? Right. But now we have to fix it you know mm-hmm. now we have to mm-hmm. fix it and then you know and i think organizations like yours are are helping to do that you know um but yeah it, it's it's crazy sometimes you sit back and you look at it and you're just you know you're like why is this you know why why, why do we even let it get this way? right right you know absolutely um well it's easy i think it's i think it's been um i think it's been a slow shift yeah. in a lot of ways in a lot of you know things, it's it's people mer- moving to urban environments. Yeah, it's people being more um, removed from their food. You know, it used to be just one to two generations ago, people hunted to eat. Yeah, and we've gotten completely away from that. Yeah. And so now we have a we have a choice, not not an imperative, of of hunting if we want, and and yeah. um, and which is a great luxury to have because we've got a great infrastructure in our society yeah. these days, but um, but it's it's created some problems and it's and it's more than that. It's 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 a lot of factors at, at, at play, but we need to we need to reverse the trend and bring more people in. And I think, yeah. you know, the other part of it for for me is is um, from a standpoint of conservation, is I think there's no no better way to get people to appreciate wild places and 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 keeping a healthy environment than if they're out hunting and fishing yeah you intimately are part of that yeah you have, a, you, have a, you have a connection to it absolutely a deep one a deep one you are literally yeah. eating eating things from that environment and you want it you want it to, to be you want it to be clean and protected and yeah. and, and and to stay stay wild yeah and, and so i i think that's a that's that's a side peripheral benefit that yeah uh, that we get out of it yeah 100 percent um so circling back, you know, the, we can use for example the the, you know, the people that are going to be in your your film that's coming out. Those those guys, um, what kind of, I don't know if emotions maybe the right word. Like, what kind of stuff did you see them go through mm-hmm. when they were going through that process of of 
you know, hunting, yeah. figuring that out for the first time. You know, when they when they shot, I mean, did all of them were all of them able to take an animal? Or no, else? they weren't. All, they weren't all all able to do that. One of them got a deer, and that's and fine. Yeah, absolutely. that's that's another thing too. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where we're going to continue to keep keep their stories alive. On on so so Alex, the one guy, I yeah. give away a little bit of the story here. Yeah. He he got a, he got a whitetail, um, on a special late season, um, but Alex, uh, but uh, Pierce and Becca um, did not, and um, and so we're going to continue on that path because they really are motivated to to get something to to have that that full process of understanding. Now you know. Alex and Pierce were part of we we've got all captured in this part of the story of of the uh, the skinning and butchering of, yeah. of a whitetail, and so to your question, like one of the things that um, it was really interesting to see that I maybe wouldn't have known beforehand yeah. was how much Pierce appreciated the skinning and butchering of the deer. That was like he said that was the highlight of the process. Really? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, and and just because again he wanted that connection and i think yeah. i think traditionally we would have we would have thought to ourselves hey you know what? let's keep that bloody part out, out to the side cuz people might be overwhelmed yeah. by that part of the process in this case it was actually the one thing that drew him in yeah. and um and and they talk about that these guys talk talk about those emotions with it because this is the first time they've made a decision they're going to kill yeah they're going to kill something yeah and that's that's what I think for those of us who do hunt and fish, we don't realize that that's the majority of the population. They have never killed something, which yeah. is a very serious undertaking. It is, yeah. Well, it you know, I, I'm two thoughts right there. You know, it, it's it go, circles back to uh, when you when you're dealing with guys like that, mixed in with guys that have done it their whole life. You you whether you, like again whether you mean to or not you're so used to it you don't even think about it right you know you don't think you know i mean you still and i don't mean that i mean like i know every you know hunter out there or someone that i consider to be a hunter out there still reverent when they you know when they take an animal still respectful but it's not going to have the same impact as someone who's never shot anything before that's a huge step right right i mean you're i mean you're you're taking a life that there's no that's what happens you know and that's a big step for someone that has not done that before absolutely and cleaning an animal to someone that's growing up doing it you know you know you're just like okay you kill the deer you skin it you get the meat that's just what you do but for someone that's never mm-hmm. seen that happen never been a part of that process that's a that's a very big thing and it and it is because again thinking about how we got here to this place um we've created a sterilized society in this day and age where everything is taken behind closed doors if it's messy yeah. and we don't see it we just get those steaks, cellophane wrapped on the little styrofoam tray in in, yeah. in the grocery store. Um, it used to be, you know, there were there were, you know, ham hocks. There were quarters of of an animal hanging in the in the shop window, and so you you at least had that visual understanding of okay, here's this yeah. meat coming from this animal, um, and we've completely disconnected that. Yeah. And so, and that's why I think what's what's my my realization over the last few years and in and, and making of that film um, was that was that um, there is I think there is there is an innate hunger inside everybody yeah that that when we have disconnected people from their food source they're not comfortable with it yeah. and they want that connection back yeah. and that's the opportunity yeah um, I actually so 
and, I, and I've told this story, I think, before on, on this podcast on a different one, but uh, you would appreciate the story. Uh, so my mother, um, she killed her first deer this past December. And she grew up, I mean, like I said, she grew up in a hunting family, but she, you know, she'll tell yourself, you know, the family she grew up in, you know, her dad and, and um, her cousins and all that hunted, but the women didn't hunt. Yeah, that yeah, was what the men. Absolutely. That was what the men went. That was what the men went and did. She stayed back at that. That's just how it was. That's my family. And um, she just asked me, and it was actually because you know, you know, I mean, as any good mother would be, she's very supportive of everything I do. So we started doing this podcast. She started listening to it, and she just went. She was like, "Lake, I want to go hunting." And I was like, "And it, I never, it never crossed my mind, you know." And <laughs> I was like, great. "Let's go hunting," you know. <laughs> and so we we went out and um, we took a few days shooting the gun figuring that out you know getting everything and she was you know by the end of the day she was acing it man i was i didn't have anything you know over the top we actually i took like uh clay targets and was putting them up on hay bales and she was shooting the clay targets with a rifle you know they just stay you know yeah yeah and uh and so and then we i mean we practiced got everything ready but she she shot a doe and um she had never you know it it, i mean i think she'd been around someone cleaning a deer before but it had been a long time and so you know i'm sitting there cleaning the deer with her when she shot it oh yeah i was was sitting there with her yeah yeah yeah. um sitting there with her when she shot it um drug it out and then we you know she watched me clean it that night and then i can remember i still have it i I screenshot it when she sent it to me the uh, first time she ate some of it she took a picture of it and she texted it to me she was like i've never eaten anything that i've killed Uh myself uh, you know, and yeah. it was, you know, and I'm like, in some ways it was almost embarrassing for me. Cause I was like, I was like me being as passionate about this as I am, you know, how did I not, how did I wait that long <laughs> to take my mom? But, you know, but I, at the same time I was very, I was like, that's, that was really, really cool. Cause there's that connection that you're talking about to your food that you, you, you don't have, you know, that it's missing out in so many people, you know, there's and, nothing more rewarding than that, and especially the whole process. If yeah. you're, and that's, and that's what's interesting is like I grew up, and for the most part, to be honest, most of my deer I've shot, I've taken to the to the meat locker and 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 had had them butcher it. Yeah. That's that's just in 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 part, it's just the aspect of time. I right. Haven't, yeah. I haven't had the time because it's like a little bit of time. I want to be out hunting, um, but I've been over the last few years now going more towards that of where doing the doing the full butchering yeah. myself and it is so doing the whole process is so much more rewarding it really is um we did that with uh with the elk this year just and and i'm not we didn't do the whole elk but okay. we we took some but we we took some and we you know we butchered it ourselves cut it up into steaks i remember the first night we had put some of those steaks on the grill it was just like it, it was it, it was i don't know it just felt so good you know Absolutely. you're like you're like, cause I, you're like i know where this elk came yeah. from i know who cut those steaks up i was like it all you know it just it just felt it felt good yeah yeah it tasted better yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, you know absolutely it was it was, yeah, it was great um and it just comes back to that you know it, it's uh, you know we i think there's just so many people that would appreciate that at the same level that we do and that's and that's the and that's I think the the thing is is um, one of the things that we in the hunting community need to do differently yeah. is um, is is we need to initiate the conversation yeah. with people out there. That's that's what needs to happen, um, and not wait for somebody to come and say they're interested. We need to go out into the world and say, "Hey, we're open for business. Yeah. <laughs> come on in and be come. Hunting. Yeah, yeah, come hunting." And, um, you know, one of the speakers yesterday made, made the point, I forget which one, of um, said basically if, if all 
if all hunters just went out and mentored one in one person, yeah. each one did one person, we'd solve the problem. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great way to to look at it in a, in a, just an overly simplified, yeah. unrealistic way. Yeah, because it's right. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what we need to do. Everybody needs to step outside of that comfort zone. And welcome people into your hunting camp and not tease them because they're wearing moon boots. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or your camo doesn't match. Exactly. Or exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's And that that happens. I just had that happen the other day. I'll tell you. I was telling somebody a story yesterday. I got a little gun shop near my house. And I, I've had guns all my life, okay? Yeah. I'm not super proficient in understanding ballistics though Me neither am i yeah I, i'm like and 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 i'll gladly state that publicly right here yeah. <laughs> um and it, and it and it was shown when i went so a, a, a good friend of mine ben who is uh we did a we did an antelope hunt last fall out in wyoming yeah. got a group of us who went out and he was he is a, he's a gun nut like he loves yeah. everything about it he's yeah. he re- reloads his own He's got this, I forget the name of it, this digital measurement tool you strap on your on your barrel at the muzzle and it's going to tell you velocity, etc. Yeah, I've <laughs> got friends like that, yeah. And he said, give me your 270 and I'm going to get this thing dialed in. I'm going to try about six different cartridges. We'll figure out what's going to be good out, out, out at a, a long distance. I'm like, okay. So he needed some some materials for reloading, and he often comes over to this this gun shop near my house. And, I, and he's like, can you go get this? And I don't remember what it was. And I went in to get it. And I used the wrong term hmm. for what it was at the yeah. beginning. And this guy ridiculed me like I was the oh, dumbest, yeah. dumbest You person. got shamed. He yeah. totally shamed me. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly the problem. It is. We got we to gotta stop that, man. It is. And it's like you said, whether you're wearing the wrong camo or whatever. And that's that's another thing with industry. We were talking about yesterday. I said, you know, let's... You can go out shoot shoot a deer. You can go you can go grouse on a pair of jeans and t-shirt, you know, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a cheap orange vest yeah um and we need to show more of that imagery because the reality is people will get into the into the gear of it if oh, they yeah. naturally get in but we need to knock down those barriers you don't yeah. have to have all that stuff make it seem in. like some elitist sport yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent agree yeah, yeah couldn't agree more yeah because and, and I, I can't I, just another story just because i know those people are out there i mean i know like so this was like one of the most rewarding things that's happened to me since i've worked at primos honestly we were at the um, we were at the national uh, the NWTF convention this year in Nashville, and uh, we we're you know I was at the booth and uh, this uh, girl comes up to me and she I mean I, she probably still listens to the podcast I know she still listens to the podcast her name was Danielle, um, and uh, she says hey you know I said I was like hey how are you she said um, you, you know you you do the podcast correct I'm like yeah she's like she's like oh great I wanted to come talk to you she's like I'm not a hunter yet but I want to become one I love it and I just I was like. <laughs> That is so cool. What you know? I'm like, <laughs> run that by me again. You know, what did you say? And and I, you know, I followed up with her. Like, I mean, she just found, you know, got interested in it. Found our Speak the Language podcast just through searching the iTunes app. Yeah, and just landed on it and had been listening to it. And I was, it, I, I told her, I, I said, you don't know it, maybe, but you just made my day. Like you just made. You, that's the best thing that anyone could have told me. Absolutely. You know. And because I mean, obviously, like I said, she she was looking for stuff, looking for resources, yeah. looking for how can I get into this, you know, and that those people are there. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the that's one of the exciting things, um, you know, doing things like, you know, I have my podcast, you have yours. We've got this 
we've got this technology nowadays to yeah. reach out to people in yeah. new and innovative ways. So things like that happen, which couldn't have happened Mm-mm. 20 years ago. Um, we just need to do more of it, and we yeah. need to all work together to, to bring more people in. Yeah, I mean, because she, I mean, she was from the Northeast, you know? I mean, like someone... Someone told me about yeah, this story, some, man. Someone, someone from Mississippi is not going to... I mean, without something like that, how are you going to reach someone from the Northeast? But that's possible now. Right. It's very possible. Right. It's very, and it's it's just... It just show, and again, like a lot of times when I when I address topics like this, like you know what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. I'm very aware. I mean, this is a this is the Primo Speak the Language podcast. Our audience is probably 99 percent people who are already hunting. So the main our main goal of doing this is so people can hear this and say, I'm not expecting too many people on the fence are going to be hearing this one. The main reason I wanted you have on here is so these people that are already hunting are seeing what you're doing. Right. You know. Right. So, but but obviously. With Danielle, there are some people that are listening to this that are on the fence. That are, it's possible. It's happened before. Right. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things like you step back and realize, you know? And you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's the exciting thing is, 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 you know, there's, there's a lot of things about technology. I get, I have some, cons- I, it, it makes so many things like outreach easier. Yeah. We've got technology in the hunting and fishing world that's making the experience easier and more comfortable. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. It's like, you know, people can come in and it's it's not like what it used to be. When I was a kid, we for duck hunting, we never had any rainproof gear. We literally like we I'd wear these these old these old Montgomery Wards canvas cotton jackets <laughs> and and if it was raining, we put we'd take garbage bags and yeah. you know put, put them underneath to keep to, to try to stay dry. Yeah. You know, yeah. now we got Gore-Tex, we got yeah. the light, you know, we got the wool, the, you know, yeah. the merino wool. It's just like, you can get out there, you can be comfortable. But yeah. again, that's, that's once you get into it. And, yeah. and, and, I love it. And yeah. I, when I was, when I was just getting into duck hunting, we had, we had waders, but I had like this old pair of waders that my friend gave me that yeah. was already in a duck hunt leaked in like eight places. <laughs> totally. So I took, so I took uh hefty garbage bags <laughs> and shoved them down the legs of the waders. Been, and that's how, that's how I stayed that, dry. Man. Yeah. You do what you got to do. Exactly. You know? no, those old rubber waders would always crack yeah absolutely, oh yeah absolutely man yeah. the first time i went out and you know i took them out i didn't know they'd leak so i just you know i was just like these are waders i stayed dry i just bailed off in the water i was so cold and i was so soaking wet oh, it was hilarious it's funny now it was not funny no at the no time. <laughs> i still remember when i was when i was just getting into duck hunting i don't know i suppose it was seven or eight and my dad took me out and I had my little single shot 20, 28 gauge stevens um, and, uh, and had these hand-me-down waders, yeah. hip waders that, uh, that were so beat up and had so many holes, like you said, <laughs> and I can still remember sitting out in the blind, just shaking, <laughs> just shaking. Yeah. yeah. That's too funny. Every, I feel like everyone has those stories. Right. Those are just the stories you don't ever hear, <laughs> but you need to, because it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, um, so let's modern carnivore yeah how can how can people find you how can they how i know you've got instagram and that kind of stuff so how, how can they find you on that whenever we post this we'll we'll link them to you but um yeah how can they how can they find your stuff you bet um so the website is mod carn it's short for modern carnivore mod so m-o-d-c-a-r-n dot mm-hmm. com um and then on instagram and twitter it's mod it's at mod carn is, okay. is the handle and then if you go to Facebook, it's uh, forward slash full name Modern Carnivore. So Modern yeah, Carnivore. we're on social media. Check out uh, on the website. Um, got podcast out there. Yeah. Just uploaded one the other day with uh, Daniel Gelhardo, who's the founder of Tankara yeah. USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, 
So yeah, it's um, try to again make it approachable. Tell the stories if if your listeners know know anybody who's who's curious about it and wants to explore some different things. Have them check it out. And yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're, you're doing some some great stuff. Thank and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the, the videos to come out. We're definitely looking out for those. And yeah, yeah. It's exciting, man. Thank you for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, we're going to wrap up here. Um, as always, thank you all for listening. Any questions or anything, send them in uh, to the email, the Instagram, Facebook, however you all need to do it. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.